The following entertainment is a production of Fluent Grace Media. What you are about to hear is recorded, edited, and produced by three guys who don't have a clue what they're doing. But it just might be the best thing you hear all day. Welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by King's Kaleidoscope. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome in Fluent Grace Podcast, episode number 44. How about that? I looked. Like, Are you prepared for this? I am prepared. I, well, I didn't look on purpose. I just was on Facebook and I saw it. <laughs> and that the current number of president we're on or something? 44? Yeah. I think it's more than that. Well, I, do we want to talk about number of presidents we're on? I don't know. We can talk about whatever <laughs> you want. We can talk about whatever I want. How about that? Tim, uh, Tim runs the show around here, folks. That's right, he does. And if you have any question about that, you can listen to every episode <laughs> right. and you will know without a shadow of a doubt that he runs the show. <laughs> We're just here for comical relief. That's right. Somebody has to say the stuff that uh, Tim's filter won't let him say. <laughs> I don't really know why I'm here, honestly. I just I just got the invite. Uh, yeah, can we? How about let's talk about this for a minute? We were planning on recording at 3 p.m. because Tyler said he had a lunch appointment that was going to go from 11 to 3. <laughs> and what time does he show up? 12:30. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the My man says, not working today. The man says I got a lunch at 11. I'll see y'all at three. And I'm like, huh? Four-hour lunch, man. This is going to be a legit buffet or well, something. Well, I kind of forgot how far McCullough was away. I think it was like an hour and a half or Freaking something. Kentucky. <laughs> so he texts us at 1230 and is like, be there in 30 minutes. Colin has just taken his roids, so he's running off his roids right now. Yeah, I, I took a full scoop of pre-workout, 350 milligrams of caffeine, I'm ready to flip this table over and start doing push-ups. All that to say, welcome in, folks. You have no idea what you're going to get today. There is no so telling. We will be bouncing off the walls, bouncing around the topics, the subjects, the rant sessions, mm. the world records. You got a world record for us, Colin? Oh, yeah. All right, good, because we missed that last week because mm-hmm. you had to dip out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by last week, I mean like <laughs> yeah. a month ago. A month ago, right. So that means you got to have two today. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should start um, – uh, a petition to introduce the Fluent Grace Week. It's just a very fluid. I mean, this fits with where we're at culturally. Like, right? it's a very fluid. It's not a set seven days. Mm-hmm. It's just however long we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're gonna call that a week. Yeah. Yep. Currently, we're at like forty-one days. Yeah, that's a week. It's kind of <laughs> like Jamaica time. Remember? <laughs> hey. Just kind of get wherever, whenever. Hey man. Out. Hey. Speaking of Jamaica, yeah, that's where you're headed, right? That's where I'm headed. Colin may never come back. Mm. Oh, where are you going? Jamaica honeymoon, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Some bougie honeymoon <laughs> right there. Until the honeymoon. Until Not the honeymoon. Oh, until. Okay, I was about yeah. to say, dang, do I got a weekend Gulf Shores? 
Jeez. <laughs> two and a half weeks till we leave, and then we'll be there six oh, days. You're gonna be ma- right. you're gonna be married in two weeks. Uh-huh. Hey, speaking of, let's do this. What any advice for Colin? Mm. <laughs> what you got, Tyler? Uh, what are you most actually? I, I got a question for you, Colin. What are you most excited for about marriage? Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jamaica. <laughs> They say they got this chicken stuff down there to fall off the bone good. Bring on the chicken. Yep. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Huh. Oh, dang it, Tyler. I've got to cut all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, but for real, what in advice for Colin? Marriage advice for Colin. How long have you been married, Tyler? Tyler. <laughs> I mean, years of, you've been married. I've, nine years. I've been married for nine years. Nine years. I'm coming up next week on nine years, which, by the way, I've got to figure out something for the old anniversary because mm. it's coming up in, what is today, the 5th, Cinco de Mayo? Mm-hmm. One week. One week from today. Dude, n- next year it's the big year for us. Ten. Ten. We're celebrating ten. We've already planned our ten-year anniversary trip. We're going. Um, to Hawaii? Yeah, we're going together. McCall. <laughs> We're going to go on a lunch date to McCall. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hit up the full moon barbecue, yep. folks. Hey. Tim and I are taking our wives on a 10-year anniversary trip to Foster's, Alabama. <laughs> I hear they got a nice Airbnb out there. <laughs> That's right. Country let's, take, let's, take them Mississippi. let's tell them we're going to take them to Hawaii and then take them to Meridian, Mississippi. <laughs> hit up the golden moon. Isn't that what that is out there, the golden moon? <laughs> With the uh, oh, water that. park and casino. Oh, I didn't know they had that there. Yeah. I know they got a Western Sizzling. <laughs> Still? <laughs> Still? Yeah, they do, right off the interstate. <laughs> Those got rolls the hot are awesome. dog on the hot roller. It's been on there about 73 hours. Dude, I thought that was the Chevron. <laughs> <laughs> we have one of those in Foster's. I don't need to go to Mississippi for that one. Mm. So if any of you listeners are for real in Hawaii... We, you have two hosts that would love a place to stay. For free. For preferably. free. Yeah, free. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. um, we're also on staff at churches yep. and don't have any yep. money. Tim and Carly said they'd be cool with sleeping outside in the tent, but I, I have health reasons that I need a, a room with air conditioner. I.e., so. he needs to be close to a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Hey, if it was a free trip to Hawaii, I would sleep outside in a hammock. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm game for that. Yeah. Although I did hear Hawaii is um, actually cool. Like, it's not really like a tropical weather type thing. It's like cooler weather oh. most of the time. Like, it's normally in the 40s and 50s. Oh, what? That's no. what I heard. I'm not buying it. That's what I, I heard. It might as well be snowing out there. Somebody, <laughs> some, some jealous person in Mississippi came up with that stuff. Hey, Mississippi, we hate on you a lot, but I've got something that I found in Alabama that will make you feel a little better. I was driving down the road the other day, and I saw somebody's mailbox. It literally was a mailbox bungee cord to two milk crates. <laughs> I mean, if that's not straight redneck, I don't uh, know what it is. So, gotta love it. Hold it. Did they have Mississippi car tags? Are you sure these were not um, transplants? I didn't look. So I there's a look. possibility. There's a possibility. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes, there is. They may have, I don't know, relatives in Mississippi or something. Oh, I, okay. you know, we'll, we won't let mm. you totally off the hook. But it was in Alabama, so there you go. So with that being said, Colin, congratulations. You will probably listen to this on <laughs> your way to Jamaica. Perfect. Because it will come out the day before. <laughs> Just what you want to be listening to. <laughs> so bring yep. us back something interesting from the 
What do they call Jamaica? The well, there's plenty of things they call Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Brings back something interesting to talk about from down there, and yeah. we'll record yeah. after you get back. In there. Got it. Should bring uh, back Tim an exotic plant only in Jamaica. He loves Jamaican plants. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Next. Jamaican. Here we go. Welcome in to everybody's favorite segment, the Fluent Grace Rant Sesh. And now, for everyone's favorite part of the show, the part where Tyler complains, Tim grumbles, and Colin just sits there and laughs. It's time for another Fluent Grace Rant Sesh. Enjoy. So here we go. I will start this off. Here's what gets me. When people use the phrase, an act of God... Right, so if you have a tornado mm. or an earthquake or a volcano or a hurricane or a tsunami or a mudslide or a rock slide or like a large elephant, <laughs> you know, tramples a mouse, whatever, right? Mm. It's an act of God. That's what people call it. And it, it's always used in the negative light. Like mm. God does bad stuff, like send tornadoes and hurricanes and tidal waves and so on and so forth. And so every time I hear it, just gets under my skin. I cannot stand it when people use that phrase in that setting. Now, are they incorrect in using it that way? No, because it is a force of nature, and God controls nature. And so, yes, they are being technically correct, but they are not using it in a way that is proper and God-honoring. I feel like an Arminian came up with that uh, statement, as if God— only acts in certain situations. Explain and not, yourself. And not all situations. Explain yourself. So, so we, well, I don't, I would, I would believe that God acts and is sovereign over any and everything. Using that statement implies that he does not act. Yeah, that there are certain things that are not acts of God. Yep. And everything is. So there you go. According to my theology. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, uh, if you hear the phrase, an act of God, especially on the Weather Channel, they're real bad about it, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, clearly Tyler LaFoy can't create a hurricane and wipe out Jamaica before Colin gets there for his honeymoon. Wouldn't that be bad? Don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it, it just drives me nuts. So don't use it in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Just talk about it in a way that is true and honest, but don't equate all bad things I guess my rant's going to be similar to yours. Of course it is. It always I is. I mean, just following off the uh, the statements. Is you know, anybody surprised at this? You know, <laughs> I've just been thinking about this here lately. You know, I've been spending a lot of time and thought about just weird southern statements that we say. How about, well, I'll be. Like, what does that even mean? I'm asking the gen- a question. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, I'll be what? You'll, like, usually people use this statement – you know, when they receive some type of new information that they're shocked about or, you know, just interested. Why I'll be. So let's let's create a scenario here. Sometimes it's used with a profanity, but that's not all all time all the time the case. So But what does that mean? So as you are walking out to your mailbox mm-hmm. and you open it up and within the mailbox mm-hmm. is a stack of hundred dollar bills. Then you exclaim. I'm going to be exclaiming all kind of stuff. 
But I'll be would definitely be up there. <laughs> well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Oh, that's, uh, I forgot uh-huh. about that. Yeah. I don't. I have no idea. I don't ever use that statement. Well, I'll be. <laughs> See, like, what is that? What is it? I, you could really use it for anything. What sure. are we talking about today, Tim? <laughs> well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. <laughs> All right, Let's the next continue. Fluent Grace T-shirt is going to say on it. Well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. You know, it it originated though in Mississippi. Oh, uh, that makes complete sense. Yeah, because it makes no sense. Right. Which is sensible. Hit we're, us up, Colin. We're such dads. Um, goodness, I'm going to step on some toes here. I'm afraid. So, am I going to have to edit this? This is a rant says You might have to. Oh boy. I hope not. I find myself in small talk conversations pretty often with my different occupations. I'm a physical therapist, youth pastor, and I umpire baseball. So I find myself in these small talk situations pretty often. My rant for today is the most blatantly obvious common sense type small talk that people can come up with. Specifically weather. It's kind of funny how this connects back to your rant as well. You'll see a guy, we're going to strike up a little conversation. The first thing that comes to mind, let's talk about the weather. Like, yes, it's Alabama. Yes, it's 94 degrees. I'm standing out here with you. Yes, I know it is really hot out here. Why must small talk conversation always relate back to the complete common sense blatantly clear topic of weather yeah i don't know <laughs> there's my rant for today folks get better at you your know, small talk you know what would be fun is if we just embraced the awkwardness and was like hey why are you trying to small talk with me about the weather <laughs> like what would their reaction be like <laughs> you posted about the weather so that's like a related idea idea uh, thing what did you say uh, it is officially in Alabama. You can walk to your mailbox and come back sweaty hot. That's true. Which is saying something because your mailbox is like right outside your front yes. door. Yes. Yep. It is. Yeah. yeah. So sweaty pits. So Tyler is part of this problem, Colin. Except he takes it to a whole new level and he tries to mm. pedal it off on the old social media. I do. Yeah. Where all people go and complain about things. Since you've stuck around, you get a very special thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, since you're still here, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Fluent Grace Podcast. Thanks for listening. What are we talking about today, Tyler? Um, How about this? Have you ever heard, and by ever I mean in the last like little bit, that anything related to the old Rona is the mark of the beast. Oh, yeah. Mm. I.e., wearing a mask over your face. That's mark of the beast. Getting a shot. Uh, mark of the beast. You're going to hell. Uh, getting a stimulus check. Uh, mark of the beast. Accepting that government money. Yep. Going to hell. Just Social to, security numbers, people have said that about them as well. I mean, somebody's... Mark of the Beast. I mean, it's, people have even attributed political leaders to being the Beast. They have. Or the Antichrist, mm. which is, you know, they're basically 
blood relatives of yeah. each other. They're both <laughs> right. garbage. So. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Christians' overreactions to things that they shouldn't be overreacting about. Mm, Harry Potter movies. Uh, definitely contains Satan himself. Um, In know. fact, Satan himself probably wrote the whole series. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, do you guys have any initial, th- initial, initial thoughts on this topic? I enjoy Harry Potter movies. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> we just lost half of our homeschool base. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're out of here. The four listeners we had left, two of them are now gone, so we're down to two. Thanks, uh, Mom. I've <laughs> actually never read the books, but I do enjoy the movies. Well, hey. I'm the same way. I've done neither, so I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll just say. You know. <laughs> but I've never attempted to cast a spell with a stick, so, That's you true. know. That's true. I don't think it pollutes our minds. Well, it might. That's another discussion for another day. But do That's you guys, we'll ask it this way first, do you guys think wearing a face mask or getting a vaccine of any kind could biblically be the mark of the beast? Why or why not? <laughs> uh, my answer is no. Why, Colin? <laughs> I'll be honest. This whole... Mark of the Beast, Antichrist. Yes, it is in Revelation. Yes, there is some crazy stuff going on here. So, from my young spiritual understanding and reading of Revelation, it's really confusing. I will say that. So, I can see how some people might confuse this whole idea here so i will start the conversation out by saying that revelation is extremely confusing to those of us that are new to reading it so y'all can run with that so here is some of the stuff that i've heard and you guys may have heard this i've heard this from two different places uh, both from people that i know and basically the idea is that either i also saw a uh meme about this which is pretty good too but uh either the the face mask or the getting the vaccine is spoken of in revelation as being the mark of the beast which if you are familiar at all with that or you're one of those folks that really gets into end times and and all that trying to figure out right when jesus is coming back and when the rapture is going to happen and all these things i.e left behind um if you even have that view of end times Everybody who gets into that real deep is trying to figure out what everything means. Right? So what is the mark of the beast? Who is the Antichrist? When is all this stuff happening? And um, anytime things come up on a cultural level that even slightly potentially resemble something that might possibly be in Revelation, it's automatically a mark of the beast. Or anytime somebody might potentially be a person who is anti to... God or Jesus or anything in Scripture up to Antichrist. And a lot of times what that is is folks trying to convince other folks that their view is correct Mm. and the opposing view is Mm. Mm anti-biblical. And so I've heard this in relation to the vaccine, right? You have people who are so anti-vaccine. Anti-vaxxers. That's right, anti-vaxxers that they automatically, in trying to prove themselves right, they equate 
this thing that they are opposed to as being the most opposable thing possible because, hey, no Christian wants the mark of the beast. Mm-mm. So we'll take something we don't like, and we'll stamp the old mark of the beast on it, and, well, hey, if you're a Christian and you're for this, well, you must just be for Satan. I mean, vegetables are obviously a mark of the beast. I'm just throwing that out there. Good thing I don't eat them. All right, we could all make up a list of things we are staunchly opposed to. Hey, newsflash, folks, it's not the mark of the beast. I hate glitter with a passion. We talked about this. Yeah, mm. It might, it might just be mayonnaise. Right. Oh man, pollen. it's mm. not the mark of the beast, mm. folks. But if if there was a food group, <laughs> that, or not a group, a food item that would be the mark, it would definitely be mayonnaise. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Every every version. Heinz. They do mayonnaise, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know they do ketchup. <laughs> Don't they do? They mayo. probably do somewhere yeah, along probably. the line. Whatever. Just yeah. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are the what are the scriptural imperatives of the mark of the beast? I mean, it had, if I remember Revelation correctly, it has something to do with commerce. Mm-hmm. It's Revelation thirteen, mm-hmm. I think. So, for all you folks that are listening, Colin's mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Revelation thirteen. You can turn to it. You can look it up. Uh, I think that's one of the primary places it's talked about. You know, it talks about just a beast rising out of the earth, um, and it talks about all the you different horns commerce. and heads and all that kind of thing, and how it, um, great fire coming down from heaven to earth in front of the people, all that good stuff. Yeah. And yes, I do think there's some connection there to, unless you have the mark of the beast, you are not able to engage in commerce as does everybody who has the mark. Last time I checked, all these vaxxers could go to the grocery store still. And maskers. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, yep. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it says, too, in there that the mark of the beast is something that is either on the wrist or on the forehead. Mm. So the meme I saw was a picture of someone wearing the mask on their wrist and someone covering their forehead with the mask. And the caption said, all you folks who think the mask must be the mark of the beast are walking around like this. <laughs> nice. Last what? time I checked, I didn't see I haven't seen too many folks who've been walking around with it covering their forehead. Mm. Now there've been a few, but it's not for mask of the mark of the beast reasons, right? It's just cuz well, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to tell the establishment how it is. That's right. So anyway, right, I mean, we could get into a long conversation about Revelation, and it's, I mean, that's kind of pointless. Um, I, I think the I think the root of it for us and what we need to take away from it, though, is this. And there are genuine questions about the mark of the beast, right? Because like I said, I, I don't think any Christian who has read Revelation, I don't think we're all lining up to say, oh, yeah, Mark of the Beast, not a big deal. Sign me up kind of thing. So if there is something that is, again, let's assume for sake of argument that this is a physical, tangible thing that can be gotten, right? We're not lining up to go get this like we go pay money to get our driver's license kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is much fear and trepidation about... That's a big word. Mm. Right? There's much fear about whether or not I could get this on accident. And I hear a similar sentiment related to the unforgivable sin. Have you heard that one? 
the unforgivable sin. Yeah. What if I accidentally commit the unforgivable sin? I feel like that needs to be a movie or a horror movie. <laughs> right? So, I mean, have you heard folks who question whether or not they've accidentally committed the sin? Have you rejected the gospel and the, uh, and the, and the draw of the Holy Spirit? Accidentally. Accidentally. Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> That's the thing, right? You don't accidentally commit the unforgivable sin. You're not going to accidentally get something and, oh, shoot, it was the mark of the beast, right? Like I tripped across the crack in the sidewalk and hit my face on a tomato. Whoops. And broke your mama's back. Mark of the beast. All right, there we go. It doesn't happen like that, folks. So quit with all the, oh, no, I'm trying to promote. I don't care what your stance is on the vaccine. I really don't. Whether you want to get it or don't want to get it, I don't care. Whether you're going to wear a face mask or don't, I don't care. But what we would all care about is let's have a proper view of what this stuff in Scripture is, and let's not just start assigning things just because we don't like it to anti-Christ, anti-God, mark of the beast type language. Because that is... Eisegesis. Exactly. (laughs) Explain that one for us. Eisegesis is taking Scripture and bending it to what you want it to say and your agenda. Exegesis is taking Scripture and teaching what it originally meant for the original audience, and it's for its original intent. Bringing out the actual meaning of a text versus reading into it what you want. And that's what we're doing every time we look at Revelation 13 and say, whoop, it's the mask. Exegesis over eisegesis, people. There you go. There's your theology words of the day. You can go look those up. Um, So anyway, you can't accidentally get the mark of the beast. You can't accidentally commit the unforgivable sin. Don't worry about it. It's not that—I'm not going to say it's not that big of a deal. It is a huge deal, but it's not something that you're just going to trip and fall into. It's an active—it's an active thing. Very active. A strong, active rebellion against God. Um, it's. I, I read one thing that talks about the mark. It's a symbol of worship and devotion. Hmm. So, yep. you know, the fact that you've got to wear a face mask in certain states right now into Walmart, are you actively worshiping and showing your devotion to some certain thing because of that? Or when you are an elderly person and you get the vaccine because you are more susceptible to a particular disease, does that mean you are worshiping or being devoted to some certain thing? No, it's because you don't want to get sick. Yeah, right? I think I think you should be more concerned about worshiping and exalting your agenda and twisting scripture to meet what you want it to be over trying to, is this or is this not what this is? And and that if you're if you're trying to use scripture to justify your agenda, that's what you should be worried about. Yep. Not wearing a mask or taking a shot. Yep. And I think people forget just how sh- how short our time here is on Earth. Like, for me, I mean, yes, I want to understand that there is an adversary and that he is out there, but at the same time, I'm not going to focus all of my efforts and time on trying to figure out who the devil is and where he's at in this world. I want to focus on my God, like who has conquered 
death, who's conquered that sin, who's conquered all of this earth, and how there is sin and evil and all these horrible things here on earth. But the Word talks about how all this is going to be going away in eternity, and all that's going to hell, and I'm not going that way. Um, Eternity is an extremely long time that I want to spend in heaven with God, who is perfect and who is not going to have any connection to the mark of the beast and the mark of COVID or whatever the heck you want to call it. The mark of COVID. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, what are you focusing on? What am I focusing on? Is it the positive I'm pursuing God or is it the negative I'm running away from some certain something? I think we spend way too much time running away from certain somethings, whatever that is, fill in the blank. Political parties, agendas, health and safety regulations, right? It doesn't fit what we think should be happening, so we run away from it. Well, okay, there are certain things that we don't need to participate in as followers of Christ. Absolutely. In no way are we saying there's not. But at the same time, we're saying you don't take pieces of Scripture and use them to peddle your own agenda and beliefs that may or may not actually be what Scripture is talking about. How about instead, let's actually focus on Jesus and you know the things of the Lord. I had to write a paper on Philippians 4, 8, and 9, right? Um, finally, brothers, set your mind on things above. No, nope, that's Colossians. Um, you know, I'm talking the um, things that are true, just, honorable, uh, pure, lovely, worthy of excellence and praise. Yes, think on these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Paul isn't saying don't do this, 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 and this. He's saying actively focus on these things mm-hmm. dwell on these things yep. and so that needs to be our position mm-hmm. instead of trying to not do certain things focus on what is right true just honorable lovely worthy of excellence and and all the other stuff is going to take care of itself because mm-hmm. as i am focusing on jesus i'm not going to fall into that sin and i'm not going to worship something i should not be or be devoted to something that is anti-God. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Did I saw a little snar- sermon snippet this past week of Matt Chandler, and I thought it was awesome. So, like, his context, he's in Dallas, Texas, you know, uh, I would assume a pretty conservative uh, group of people in his church. Um, anyways, he said, you know, I'm going to say something. He's like, this is not scripted. This is just what annoys me. <laughs> and he said... Uh, He's like, here in the Southern Bible Belt, we're all concerned, in his context, about Democrats. You could fit in whatever, put it Republicans if, if you're in California, whatever. But he said, you're so concerned about Democrats, what you need to be concerned about is soccer. And I'm like, just like a total mic drop moment, like because they want to focus like on the evil. like that, that, To them, their political idolatry you know, is what consumes them. When in reality, what's what's damning them is their worship of little league sports. And I'm like, dude, that's, <laughs> that was such a mm. mic drop moment. It's like, <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong stuff. Yep. Hey, I, that's connecting it. I hope I don't interrupt too much here. Connecting even more to like season of life. I'm reading a, two books actually on biblical marriage and just what that's going to look like. And they talked about, it was last night I was reading it. They talked about how so many times the world wants you to focus so much on all the negative stuff that can come out of a marriage and how like hard it is and how 
you know, you're you're going to be swamped with a budget, and you're going to be swamped with so many people telling you there's other people out there that can be better than your spouse. Like, focus on the positive. Focus on the good that God created marriage to be. Focus on the good in anything, in any situation is the way I looked at it. Uh, so it's cool how that connects to all that. So let's do this, right? So Matt Chandler says uh, in his context that folks needed to focus on or direct their attention or focus away from Little League sports. What is it for our context or our audience, i.e. students, what is it that students need to be not focusing on that we spend way too much time focusing on? Um, I can tell you from for when I was a teenager, it was 1 million percent girls mm-hmm. or relationship, whatever. I, I, I worshipped I worshiped girls and attention mm-hmm. from them and being cool uh, yeah you want a certain group of people to like you i think we did a thing in middle school youth group a couple weeks back where all of our adult leaders got up and shared just you know what advice would you give your eighth grade self if you could go back in time and the, the thing that just kept coming up over and over was self-image like quit worrying about what you look like what kind of clothes you got on and worry about what's in your heart. Worry about um, your love of God. Worry about um, how much you know about Him and how much you're able to spread His love to uh, your peers around you. You know, I think it all comes down to to the basic, whether it's girls, whether it's self-image, whether it's Instagram followers. It, it The lowest common denominator out of all of those things is acceptance. You want to be accepted. You want to be loved. I mean, and that's what, and I don't think that's evil. I think you were created to want to be loved and to be known. It's human. To be human is to want to be known and loved. And and I think it's the problem for us is we look <laughs> as the old song goes, we look for love in all the wrong places, you know. <laughs> and so I think it's it's redirecting redirecting our minds um as to what what is good acceptance and and what is good and true love. And so I say all that to say, if, if a student is listening to this, it's like, well, God, how do I stop being obsessed with girls? You know, like, you know, like, I, I just remember that kind of stuff, like, it's because you like girls too much or whatever. You're so consumed with this. I'm like, thanks for stating the obvious, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's okay. It's okay to, to have those desires, but it's, it's, it's reorienting our desires to the, to the lowest, con- the, or not the lowest, at the root of what we what we want and who we are is is Christ, and that's who we need. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to get. At. I don't I don't know if I made any sense right there, but sure. And out of that should then flow a healthy desire for those things. Absolutely. The, and, well, and it and it that's the th- that's the thing about the gospel. It reorients our desires. So no longer are we obsessed with the Instagram number count. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> the gospel says you're accepted in Christ, so therefore it doesn't matter if you have two or ten million. It doesn't matter. And so, and, and the same thing is for relationships. Like, earthly relation. my marriage is a grace, but it's, at the end of the day, it's just pointing to something that's better, and, and that's union with Jesus. And so, everything, every earthly grace that we have points to, it's it's anemic at best because it points 
it's it's not, it's not going to ultimately fulfill you because you need something more and better in Jesus. And so, but that stuff is important, right? Absolutely. We we want you guys to be conscious of what you're wearing and not look like trash, right? Let's just be honest, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, you need to be self-aware of some of this stuff, but it's not what's driving your every move and every waking thought and so on and so forth, right? Christ is what drives those things, and out of your relationship with him, you are then able to make decisions that honor him, whether it's in uh, you know, self-image, appearance, how you dress, how you present yourself, how you interact with others, guys and girls, uh, how much you participate in youth sports or youth theater or youth choir or youth whatever, right? All that stuff flows out of your focus on Jesus. And so, you know, wrapping this all back around to the original discussion and this idea of people who are getting obsessed with whether or not a face mask or a vaccine is the mark of the beast. Well, how about instead of focusing on those things as being something bad, how about let's just focus on Jesus and pursue him, and then as a result of that holy pursuit, we are able to make a appropriate, wise decision as to how we're going to interact with these other things. Mm-hmm. We're not saying one way or the other, you know, ab- again, about whether or not you need to wear a face mask or get a vaccine or anything like that. And we're sure enough not going to sit up here and say, oh, hey, well, this is or is not the mark of the beast. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you're pursuing Jesus, if you're devoted to him, if you're worshiping him, it doesn't matter. There was this craze for a long time about, still going on, I guess, but uh, 666, right? The old number of the beast. And it was... I just read a quick little thing online about it. Folks would change their addresses if they got an address that had that number in it. (laughs) Or somebody I read, um, they were entering a race, and their bib number was 666. They're like, no, that's not happening. i got to change that. We don't have a hospital room number 666. Really? Mm -hmm. There you go. Interesting. Even at the old big ditch, right? You don't have <laughs> you don't have six 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 because it's right the devil himself. Really, it goes from six five to six seven. No, oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I'm, it, that's I'm pretty awesome. sure that room, like there was that room number, and I'm pretty sure it's like a linen closet now. <laughs> that's awesome. God. So related to that, you know what I've started doing? What's that? Whenever I get gas. <laughs> At the gas station, folks, fuel for my vehicle. If I don't need a whole lot, you want to guess how much I get? $6.65. Wrong. $6.66. Oh, gosh. Or if I need a lot, $36.66. I, you know, maybe that's You're me causing being... 80-year-old women to drive to different gas stations, Tim. <laughs> you know. Maybe that's me being immature. It probably is. There's a demon demon in this pump. But, you know, guys, we make so much of a big deal about this stuff that I don't think that is what John was intending as he wrote his letter to the churches. What we have in our scripture as the revelation of Jesus Christ, I don't think he was intending for folks to get all wigged out when they see three sixes next to each other. I just don't. Sitting in exile, I'm about to freak some people out. 
That's right. So anyway, I, you know, for what it's worth, that's what I do. You can hate me and send all hate mail to to Colin. To Colin. At, yeah. You can Thanks. follow him on Facebook or Instagram at the Colin. That's right. Or Twitter. He has Twitter. Yep. You're still on the garbage. So anyway, pursue Jesus. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Don't lose your mind worrying about whether or not you've accidentally gotten the mark of the beast. You don't accidentally do that stuff. This is true. But you can intentionally pursue Jesus and be sure that you are not committing the intentional, intentional, unforgivable. Unforgivable. There you go. Unforgivable Mm -hmm. sin or getting the mark of the beast. So. Mm -hmm. With that, Colin Sherrill, everybody, wrapping us up with a world record. Now it's time for the Guinness World Records with Colin. Woo! All right, so y'all said y'all wanted multiple, so here you go. We actually started doing a uh, a little game time during our Wednesday night activities where we try to break world records. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all the world record, and uh, y'all can guess what the actual world record is, and then y'all can hear what our... Uh, what our middle school kids' uh, numbers were like. So, uh, most claps in one minute. So, you're clapping your hands together. How many claps do you think the world record is in one minute? 60 seconds. Uh, I mean, that's to say... Well, if I you mean, do one clap a second, second, it's 60. Yeah. It's got to be more than 60. I'm, I guess I'd say, like... I'm going to say 120 because, I mean, that would be getting two claps in one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go 157. All right. So the actual record is 1,080. <gasps> Bruh. What? No, I ain't buying that. Clock. Yep. Is there video footage yep. of this? There is video. I, well, I think it's video. I'll, I'll try to link it. Do to they y'all. not have ligaments in their hands? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we did have a middle schooler get, uh, I think it was 142. So, 142. And he was doing good. I mean, we were like, I mean, his arms were, were dead afterwards the rest of the night. I don't think he could hold the Bible up after that. But uh, All right, so here's it. what we're doing. After we're finished here, we're all going to give a shot and see who gets the most claps in 60 seconds. How are you buying that? A thousand? That's what it says. That's what it says. That's what it says. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> uh, the other one was uh, most sticky notes placed on the face in one minute. Oh, bro. <laughs> Without any of them falling off afterwards, uh, by one person or yeah, by one person you have to put them on yourself. Um, uh, the sticky notes had to stay on your face ten seconds after uh, the timer went off I'm to gonna, count. I want to say a uh, hundred. I'm going to use my same number, 157. Current record is 58. Oh, oh so that seems doable. Sticky notes stuck to the face. 58. Yeah, but here's the deal. How are you going to get it to actually stick to your face? Exactly. Can you, like, lay down? Like, I mean, it has to stay old. Stay. I think you have to be studded up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think our uh, our record well, with the kids was, like, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Either, A, they were falling off, or, B, I mean, you got to think about the time it takes to peel a sticky note off and place it on your face. And you only have 60 seconds. So, there's the two Guinness World Records that we've attempted. We've, we've attempted, like, 12. I'll... I'll Save those for, you know, the rest of our podcast. The rest of the time, we got I got enough Guinness World Records for the next two years for us. With that, we will wrap it up for the day, for the week. It'll be another week till we record again. So, see you next year.
See you next week. Uh, appreciate you listening. We had a number of folks listening from Ashburn, Virginia. What's up, my Virginians? Come on. From the great country of Russia. From, I think it was Germany. From Tuscaloosa, shout out. And uh, Columbus, Ohio. So to all you folks who are listening from those places, we appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for the next time. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know when it's going to be. But, hey, Colin, will be a married man. Hey, hey, hey. Deuces. Later. We out. <laughs>